guys, it's Evil Eddie from Pure Evil MMA, pureevilmma.com. It is fight night, even though it doesn't really feel like a fight night. We're going to discuss that in a second. Obviously, Bellator, Chris Cyborg, and the UFC is going down tonight. We'll have all the results up for you. But tonight, we're going to have a little fun. We've been kicking off 2020 with uh, some new ideas here. We got Rhino joining us back once again here at Pure Evil on the May. What's going on, Rhino? How you been? I'm doing great, my man. How are you doing, Evil Eddie? I'm doing good, man. You know, just a little stressed out with uh, some technical things going on over here at the studio. But, um, man, UFC 246, bro. Conor McGregor, 40 seconds. You do a breakdown on that on the show after? Uh, yeah, I certainly, yeah, certainly did a breakdown last week on it. And, you know, what the, what the kind of boiled down to was, uh, I don't know if Cowboy is durable enough anymore to compete at this level. And did we get a great show from Conor? We don't know yet. But he looked pretty fucking good for that 40 seconds, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's kind of a wait and see what's next. There's a lot of really interesting matchups. You can talk about Gaethje, you can talk about Diaz, you can talk about Masvidal. Uh, you know, you can talk about a rematch as a beat down the road. There's a there's a lot of fun things to go on with Connor, but I was pretty sad to see my boy Cowboy go down without much of a fight. Now, what makes you kind of special and stand out from a lot of the other podcasters that I like is that you're actually a fighter. So the way we set this up today was we got some legit fighting questions for you that I feel our listeners can actually learn something uh, from you as a fighter. And I'm definitely going to learn a lot of stuff here because there's a lot of things that I'm not even sure of. So I can't wait to see what you got in store. Guys, before we start today's show, uh, Rhino, last night after we spoke, I went to the store to get cigarettes and literally witnessed a store get robbed last night. Like, okay, so this is what happened. I want to know if uh, you've ever seen anything like this. So I pull up to the store, go inside, get my cigarettes. I come out and, you know, here in the city, you got to keep your eye out. You don't know who's going to come up to your door or what's going on around you, especially late at night. So there was a car pulled up in front of me and they were sitting there being kind of sketched. Girl gets out the car, starts walking inside the store. She's giving me eyes, like legit staring at me. So I was like, all right, used to it, but I'll, you know, I'll take another little tag in the hat. Then the boyfriend opens up the door, gets out and he's giving me eyes. So I'm like, all right, what's going on here? He walks in, seconds later, he books it outside, runs right past my car and starts booking it up the hill. The owner of the store comes out and mind you, a couple years ago, it used to be a Papa John's. My dad went in there Got home, started eating the pizza. It was live all over the news. The guy got uh, robbed and shot and killed. So, from the very same location? Yeah, very same location. Wow. So, you know, it looked like a, a drug addict kid, but um, took off. I stayed, I gave a police report, and uh, you, you just think of those moments like, bro, you're, you're going to steal a bottle of Hennessy? Like, what, for the thrill, or you got no money? Like, you ever seen anything like that? Been in a store robbery? Yeah, that's funny. The only time I've ever seen a robbery was in your city of New York. Um, I was there with my mom, just the two of us. The rest of my siblings and my dad didn't go on the trip. And I would have been fairly young and legit smash and grab style. Saw two dudes run up to a uh, jewelry store window front in Manhattan, smash out the front, grab a bunch of shit and take off running. And then again, just like you, the store owner just kind of ran out and gave chase. But... Yeah, that's the only time I've ever seen anything even close to what you're talking about. It's it's that that sounds like something out of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or something that right, you saw. Right. I mean, it was, it was like I was, it was it was very uh, 
it was a very surreal moment. And, you know, my mom just kind of like, we were probably 20 feet away. There was people everywhere. So it wasn't like this was like a late night. It was like mid-afternoon. Sun was shining, you know, summertime in New York City, dude. And then, yeah, it all happened right in front of everybody. That's so weird, like, to be a mother and, you know, children being around for that, that had to be a little strange for her. But are you sure you were on the set of the movie The Town? <laughs> the, no, I saw The Town, right? That was with uh, Ben Affleck and the dude from The Hurt Locker, Jeremy uh, Renner, right? Yeah, Jeremy Renner. <laughs> hey, I, no, I definitely saw that. I don't remember them uh, smashing a storefront window and pulling shit out. I don't think so. No, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's like, I'd, I'd rather do something like that than uh, still a bottle of Hennessy, though, you know? Uh, I, don't, I don't I don't drink liquor, so I'm with you. I would rather have a jewel of some sort of, uh, instead of some sort of fantasy. Well, I don't know if you've you've heard this. I interviewed the fighter, the MMA fighter that got in trouble for uh, allegedly robbing a bank, Sergio De Silva, and uh, the Gotti family actually stepped in to help him out. Really? No, I didn't know that the same Gotti who the kid fought on uh, CES last night. Yeah, and a uh, quick update for everybody. Uh, Gotti actually won that fight last night. Big win for uh, CES for sure. Over at uh, UFC Fight Pass, which uh, was that his, uh, was that his first fight? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Which uh, you know, it's it's nice to see because imagine just picturing your head for a second, John Gotti fighting in the UFC. You know, just the Gotti name. You know, definitely gonna draw some eyes for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, so let's kick this thing off with some heat here. Ryan, are you, are you ready for this? Because it's about I'm to... Uh, born ready, sir. It's about to get turned up here at Pure Evil <laughs> MMA. And for you guys tuning in on the live chat, you can actually uh, play along. Let me get you all set up over there. Right underneath so people can hear you nice and good. All right. And we got the backup recorder. This is going to be on YouTube directly afterwards, too, for everybody. All right. Question number one. What is the fastest technique to hit your opponent? Is it A, a right cross, B, back leg snap kick, C, jab, or D, lead hand hook? Jab, final answer. Saw you there? Yeah, I'm right here, I'm trying to click it. All right, jab is C, all right. So it's gonna tell us the uh, answer. Hold on, I gotta press start. There was a there was a serious uh, pause there, dude. Where... <laughs> no, I had to press start. I was trying to click it. I didn't press start yet, so it wasn't let me click it. All right. So you said okay. the jab. Yeah, I said jab. All right, and that's correct. The yes, jab. Your score is ten out of a hundred so far. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. Next question. Question number two. If you want to knock someone out with one or two punches, where should you hit them? A, the nose, B, the front of the chin, C, the mouth, D, the jaw, or E, the eye? It's a front of the chin, final answer. All right, let's click it. And incorrect, it says the jaw. Huh? And you know what, uh, these are kind of questions where it's case to case, I feel, right? It certainly is. It certainly also, you know, um, I found far more success knocking people out with the front part of the chin than I have, like, the back jaw by the ear area. But, you know, whatever. It's, it's all it's all kind of, uh, 
your own experience. Well, do you feel like weight classes have a lot to do with it too? Yeah, I'm sure they do. And, you know, keep in mind, I'm a pro boxer, not a pro MMA fighter. So I fight with, uh, you know, I fight with 10 ounce gloves and they fight with four ounce. So those are differences as well. So here's my question for that. You said the front of the jaw or front of the chin. And then the correct answer was the jaw. Well, what's the big difference there for people that might not know? Uh, the, the thing that I've always learned back in the day was if you hit it on the front of the jaw, you're going to get enough trajectory to where the jaw is going to slam. There's a nerve behind our earlobe where that fucking jaw, that mandible part of your jaw is going to hit that. And it's almost like a switch and it puts you out. If you just hit someone square on the jaw, that's not going to hit that nerve. That's just going to push it into their face. So I actually stand by my answer. And I think I got real scientific and brainy on that one. Oh, I'm Bro science. The is being right. So I dispute that they're Because you got to get the full range of motion where the jaw actually moves around and slaps that back nerve behind your eardrum to put the lights out. All right. So the next question. Here we go here. What submission is the most automatic response submission even for non-fighters the arm bar the guillotine choke the triangle choke or the leg lock so what's the most automatic response yeah like what would people naturally go for in a fight oh they would naturally go for the uh, the guillotine which to people out there that may not know is just wrapping up the neck yes all right i, I i'd say the same thing too that's correct imagine if they put arm bar <laughs> like, I don't think anybody was using arm bars back in like the barbaric days of battle you know what I mean but I'm sure there was some chokes being employed they used the old toe hold yeah yeah flicking the crowd off like uh, Nate did but you know like when you were younger did you have those little WWF beat up dolls thousand percent yes ultimate warrior Hulk Hogan, oh, they got man. the Bulldogs. I had uh, the Hulk Hogan one, and then they had the advanced ones in like 1996 where you can like squeeze their nose and they talk. Remember no, those? I did, not, I did not have those. That was uh, that was past my WWE time was 96. You're talking about like, yeah, just the pillows. and the, We're talking about like the NWO era when they came out with those. Yeah. Okay. What is the most overused kick in mixed martial arts? Is it A? Front snap kick, B, straight knee, C, back leg roundhouse kick, D, spinning side kick, or E, back leg snap kick? I'm going to oh, geez, I think it, I, it would be one of the leg kicks, I would think. You said what's the most overused or the most? Most overused, yeah. Most overused. It would have to be, it would have to be a leg kick, I would think. Um, there was two snap kicks that you said, right? Yeah. Uh, Front snap kick, straight knee, back leg roundhouse kick, spinning side kick, and back leg snap kick. The straight knee, that's an oblique kick, right? Is that what they're, they're saying there? I'm not, I'm not even 100% sure what they're saying right there. I'm going to go with the, the last one, the uh, back leg snap kick. All right, let's click it. Uh, incorrect, back leg roundhouse kick, which I disagree with. Yeah. Roundhouse kick, most overused kick. I totally was you know, it's like, it's almost like semantics that you mean overused, like overused and unsuccessful, or is it overused as in like it gets used the most? You I'm guessing they meant, you know, you know use the most, but, uh, you know, just like the, lo the low kick, like I, I would agree with you there out of those. Yeah, yeah. 
So I feel good about the two answers. I feel like I agree. Right, even though if even if this computer program is saying that they are wrong. I 100% agree. All right, next question. What is the best strategy to beat a great boxer slash wrestler? Try to outbox him and submit him. Or or keep it standing and fight him from the inside with a lot of uppercuts, hooks, and knees. I still, I still, well, it's going to be C or the last one because I think Randy Couture was probably the best at that because he wasn't a very good stand in the middle and fight with the guy. Um, but he loved to get you up against the cage and dirty box you and then take you down and implore us from down and pound. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to go with put him up against the cage and dirty box, whatever one that one. I think it was C. Yeah, C. Let's see here. Correct. Yeah, I would agree with that one too yeah. for a boxer wrestler. All right, next question. Who is the longest reigning champion in the UFC? GSP, Randy Couture, Chuck Liddell, Anderson Silva, or BJ Penn? Anderson Silva. And that's correct. Also tied with uh, Demetrius Mighty Mouse. That's right. But I, I didn't know if they would include him because he's over uh, across the across the overseas now. You I didn't know, know if they would include him in that. Let me let me ask you this, man. Do you think that was a smart decision on his end when it comes to uh, you know? financially absolutely it was the right move to do um no matter what no matter how great tj was there is a and i hate to use the word prejudice but there really is against the very the smaller weight classes in particular the men's 125 he just for as great as he is he never drew the numbers that he deserved and he never got the credit i think that he deserved as far as um mma fans and from the ufc brass i, I granted data would say he's a phenomenal fighter great fighter one of the best of all time but you want to talk about just strictly like numbers like the guy can't carry couldn't carry a pay-per-view by himself which is weird and, though you know right he was so talented he was so fun to watch but you know he's he just there she was too small wasn't a lot of big ko's you know what i'm saying so i think that was a part of it and, and the weirdest part is like when Conor McGregor came around, he kind of brought back the featherweight division. And I, I really thought around that same time, Demetrius was doing well with getting a lot of finishes. He had that, uh, what, the flying arm bar. Remember, he got oh, the yeah, flying arm bar. Dude, that was so amazing. But again, it's body of work, it's highlight real shit that gets like people who aren't really fans interested in it. And he didn't have a ton of those as far as they were concerned. I was always a huge Mighty Mouse fan from the time he was in Tough. I love the guy. I, I, you know, I'm not a huge fan of most of the 125ers just because it hasn't been a very deep division for very long. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he was always. I mean, he's in. He's in the top five to ever. Doing honestly, skill wise. I agree, man. Uh, next question. After Hoist Gracie came into the UFC, which style blew up, and many MMA fighters started to immediately study wrestling. Boy, Gracie, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Final answer. I don't need to hear about. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, next question. What is the best build for a boxer? 170 pounds, 5'6", or 170 pounds, 5'11"? Uh, 5'11", 170. And yes, correct. 
Why though? Can you just explain to the audience why that would sure, be? Sure, sure. It's uh, it, it's got to do with reach first of all. Uh, just your arm right, like your arm length and your reach, easier to hit your opponent. Uh, and then to be able to uh, get out of the way, to you know, to dip backwards and avoid shots, to slip, uh, to create distance. You're you're the general when you're the taller guy. Uh, at six foot tall, I, in the heavyweight division, I have been shorter than i believe 19 of my 21 opponents so my my goal every single time was to get inside uh and the two times i was taller than a guy i i felt like it was so much it was so much different and i don't i'm not gonna use the word easier but it was easier to implement my game plan with that than it was all the times i've been the shorter guy because i fight guys six three six four six five on the regular uh throughout my career so yeah definitely the taller guy with the range, not just with your offense, but with your defense, being able to get out of the way. So the next question, I like that it's asking these uh, types of questions. What is the best build for a wrestler? 170 pounds, 5'10", 170 pounds, 6'2", or 170 pounds, 5'5"? 170 pounds, 5'5". Now, why would you say that? Uh, from my understanding, the, the well, just look at all the guys who have been great wrestlers. You know what I mean? You want to talk about uh, you want to talk about Sean Shirk. The guy had no reach at all. Uh, he was super short, super, super thick, stocky. Matt Hughes. Um, you know, a lot of the guys I would think of are traditionally as your best wrestler. Short, stocky, explosive. Because, you know, when you're short like that, you're going to be able to explode into your double leg. Uh, yeah. You don't need to have a big reach. You know what I mean? When you're, when you're wrestling. So, yeah, I think the shorter, the stockier, the better. So I'm going to go with the uh, Sean Shirt 5-5-1-7. So that is actually correct. 170 pounds at 5 foot 5. It's almost, it's almost like I know what I'm talking about. It? <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. I actually like questions like that because you're educating a lot of people out there that may not be familiar with uh you know, little things like that when it sure. comes to fighting. Sure. All right, next question. Speed, power, movement, mentality, preservation, and technique are the keys to being a great fighter. True or false? It's a ridiculous one. Of course, it's true. <laughs> if it said false, I would want to know what her answer is. Right? Like, what do you mean? What else could there possibly be? All right, so it says you got eight out of ten, but I believe you got ten out of ten. Now we're gonna go to the legit questions. Are you ready for this shit to get turned up? I mean, you said it was turned up before, now it's gotta get turned, turned. Turn, turn. turn. Ready for it to get lit? All right. <laughs> I got my rat on my on my lap right now. Hold on. Stay right there. I'm getting attacked do remember, by Do you remember the Cleveland show where he had a pet rat named Rat Lauer? No. <laughs> Yeah, he found a he found a rat in the uh, basement on the television show, the Cleveland show, and uh, he made his family leave. But he ended up liking the rat and wanting a break, and didn't want his family to come home, so he made him his pet. He named it a Rat Lauer. No way, dude! I gotta see that because all my <laughs> listeners know I'm a you know I got a ton of pet rats over here right. at the studio. They're actually on the couch right now. People can <laughs> can see them chilling, but uh, they're they're really smart animals. People don't give them the credit they actually deserve. I think the image that we think of, we think of a rat is like, you know, the sewer dwelling, dirty, yeah. gross one. But yeah, I think most animals, if they're not in that environment, are probably pretty all right. All right. So here we go. We're going to ask you a couple questions here that are going to get a little bit more difficult. All right. 
George St. Pierre lost his first title defense in which match? 1999 against Rashad Evans, Matt Hughes, Matt Sarah, or Matt Sarah, or Matt Sarah in 2007, or Matt Sarah in 2008, which is just the first, ridiculous. The first UFC match that George lost was against Matt Hughes. And that was... Was that, was that B, I think you said, right? Yeah, B, it's saying that that is false. No, he, he lost to Matt Hughes was his first year. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's not saying that it's false. Hold on, let me press yeah. next. No, I'm sure on that one. I think it's going to tell us our answers at the end. Hold on here. Oh, okay. Yeah, he lost to Matt Hughes first, and then he lost to Matt Sarah, and eventually lost. Hold on one second. Is that one of your favorite uh, fighters? Do you think he's going to come back? Um, I don't know. I think it would have to take a very lucrative payday. It would have to be an opponent that he felt like he could look uh, good against. I I think he's made enough money and he continues to make enough money through his other ventures that he doesn't have to. But, yeah, I think I think we have about a 50-50 chance of seeing GSP one more time. Yeah, but against who? Who would you want to see him fight? Uh, that's, yeah, that's the hard part. I mean, in my my druthers, I would love to see him, see him fight the beam. Uh, that'd be my first choice. Um, yeah, I don't really. I'm not really interested in a McGregor fight. He's he's so much bigger than Connor. Uh, I just don't see him being super competitive. But yeah, I, I think Khabib would be the one that I think most people would be into. All right, so. Question number one, who was the first fighter to beat Rampage? Igor Vachikin, uh, Ricardo Arona, Kazushi Sakuraba, Marvin Eastman, or Vanderlei Silva? I'm going to say Marvin Eastman, uh, final answer. All right, Marvin Eastman, and that is correct. I was just checking our audio there. You you remember like all those fights like back in the day because those were the magic taste of mixed martial arts that a lot of people missed out on. And I'd really recommend going back and watching, uh, you know, some of the Pride era and uh, even the WEC days were a lot of fun. Strike Force. Yeah, dude, the King of the Cage that I just referenced. They had a lot of great guys come through King of the Cage for a long time. I believe what Chris Weidman was out of King of the Cage. Was he? I, yeah, I didn't know that. I know he, uh, he had a brief regional record after he came out of uh, wrestling. But, yeah, well, yeah, he might have he gone to King of the Cage as well. In Pride FC slash UFC, who was the only fighter to deb uh, debut and face three top ten fighters and win the heavyweight championship? I believe I asked you this before. Uh, Randy Couture, Josh Barnett, Antonio Rodrigo Noguera, uh, Fedor Emelianenko, or Brock Lesnar? Who is the guy to debut in the UFC? And then his first three UFC or Pride opponents were all top 10? In Pride FC slash UFC, who is the only fighter to debut and face three top 10 fighters and win the heavyweight championship? Randy Couture, Josh Barnett, uh, Noguera, Fedor, or Lesnar? So, again, I'm sorry to be a a jerk on this but you're saying he won the title after his first three fights I, th I believe that's what it's asking here in pride fc ufc who's the only fighter to debut and face three top 10 fighters and win it's, the gotta, it's gotta be brock it's gotta be brock 
Yeah, but Brock was in Pride. No, but he said it's Pride or UFC. Is that what it's? Oh, okay. I I see what you're saying there. I see what you're. That would make a lot of sense then, right? Yeah, it's got to be Brock. That's the only. That's the only one that's possible. Ooh, it's it's saying uh, Fedor Emelianenko, which I got to disagree with there. Because he fought. Because so when 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 Brock came in, he fought Keith Herring, right? Well, first he fought Frank, but they fought Keith Herring. Uh, and then Shane Carwin, and then Randy for the belt, right? Yeah, it, it was kind of weird. They gave him the fast track. He had that first fight in Japan. Uh, it was like a, a warm yeah. up to get ready. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I he, have a poster, I have a poster from that one. You know, they gave him some pretty tough competition. A lot of people just wrote him off. I was pretty impressed with some of his. Obviously, he lost to Frank Mir, lost to Overeem, but those are tough guys to be fighting. You know? Yeah, hundred percent. This guy had no. Too. I thought it was asking Pride and UFC. I thought it was saying in the Pride or UFC, like either one. I don't know. Yeah. We'll chalk that one up as confusing. All right. Here we go. Next question. But you know what? Who, who's that new guy from the NFL that came over? Uh, Greg Hardy? Yeah. They, they would never give um the type of competition they gave Brock, you know? Well, no way. Just because he's a, you know, at least Brock had, was the NCAA champion. Yeah, that's so at least he had the highest of the high-level wrestling. So granted, it was like 10, 11 years later, but at least he had it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Next question. Who is the only fighter to have his win reversed to a loss? Nick Diaz, Matt Serra, Carol Parishian, Igor Vakvichin, or Dean Thomas? Have a win over Chared into a loss. Does it specify Pride or UFC or anything like that? No, it doesn't. Okay, can I have a list of guys once more? Nick Diaz, Matt Serra, Carl Perigin, Igor Vakvichin, or Dean Thomas? So it's Carl Perigin or Igor Rovechkin is how you say those guys. Rovechkin. Um, I really don't know. I'm just going to – I have no idea. So I'm just going to guess – and this is total guess. I'm just going to guess Nick Diaz. Let's see here. Uh, it was Matt Sarah, it's saying. But you know what? Diaz, he's gotten in trouble so many times. I, I would think he would pop for something like smoking weed and then, you know, take it away. That's what I would think, right? He did that. He did that. I know he got popped after he beat Gomi, and that was a no contest. But I thought maybe further litigation or something turned into a, uh, you know, possibly turned into a, a reversal. I don't know. But yeah, I did not know that. Do we have the context of the Matt Sarah? Like, does it specify like when or how or. No, it, it doesn't. I, I, I want to look into that. I'm guessing it was maybe before he was even on the uh, that season Ultimate Fighter. Because remember, they all got their, their shot back into the UFC to try to... Yeah, the comeback, they called that season. What was that, season three? Uh, I, don't, uh, I don't know, Rich Franklin. Uh, do, you remember, do you remember when Mark Lemon and Sarah got into it on that season? Where he was like, you should watch how you talk, pal, because you're not a fighter. You don't fight. Do you remember that? You know, Matt Sarah, he's, he's ridiculous, man. He, he he does, like, things that he doesn't realize that he's doing that are absolutely hilarious, which is why I so like. Funny. 
I don't, I'm not a big fan of the podcast that he does, but when he was on the uh, Dana White looking for a fight with him, Dean, and Dana, I got a big kick out of uh, Matt on there. He's a funny dude. There's no way around it. You're right. You know what? Before we go to the next question, they did, back in the day, they did like uh, UFC cribs, and they go to Matt's house, and it's just a total guy house, like a, a crash house where he's got like one poster on the wall of himself, and there's nothing in the crib. <laughs> It's just—it's so hilarious. It's such a New no, York thing. I I'll uh, try to find the link and send it on I Twitter. Saw, I saw Chuck Liddell on Cribs. I remember that. Well, yeah, it was that, and then also when he had Antonio Banuelos. Remember, he was on—he uh, was on a tap out show, living at Chuck's house, and they kind of did a tour of Chuck's. But then I believe Chuck was on Cribs as well. So <clears throat> there was another show up. The fight. What was it? Fight House or something like that with DC and all, and all those guys. Over at that gym, I just started watching recently. Uh, oh, okay. There's a couple of good MMA shows out there that people don't really even know about from back in the day. But uh, it, it was all the same thing, trying to do reality shows. So next question, who holds the longest unbeaten streak in MMA? Word is on beating, including draws, it says. Travis Fulton, Dan Severn, Fedor Emelianenko, Boss Ruin, or Igor Vakfashin. Igor Man, they love what Igor Volvetsky did. Yeah, they're killing me, man. They're killing me with that. All right, let's see here. Incorrected. They're saying Igor because uh, yeah, he was way back in the day, like the early UFC days. Correct? Yeah, but he was more of a pride guy. Uh, He's one of the highlight real KOs that. Miracle Krokop man with one of the high kicks, and I believe it's after that one where he had the famous right leg hospital, left leg more. <laughs> but yeah, that was Igor Volveshkin. But man, they love Igor Volveshkin in this. Yeah, I would have thought it was Fedor because he only had the one loss, and that was by like due to a cut real early that he rattled off like 30 in a row or some shit. So I find it hard to believe that Igor Volveshkin at some point had a 30 plus win streak, but hey, maybe it did. You know, yeah, I would agree with you there, too, with, with the Fedor thing. We're going to have to go back and look at some of these. There's a, a good documentary on Fight Pass about Igor. Uh, I think it's like, where are they now? All right, next question. In 1999, who was considered the best heavyweight fighter in the world? 1999. So I feel like you're going to get this one. Randy Couture, Mark Kerr, Mark Coleman, Fedor Emelianenko, or your boy Igor? <laughs> Not even to um, do it. <laughs> I mean, my first, my first guess really is Mark Coleman would be my would be my answer. I mean, I think it's Fedor. I would think people would think it's Fedor, but if you're talking like around the world, I don't know, man. Because you know, Pride. Not many people were watching Pride back then, so it'd be between the best of the UFC, which would have been Mark Coleman at the time, or Fedor. For me, it's Fedor, but I'm guessing they're going to say it's Mark Coleman. I'm going to say Mark Coleman, too. Let's see. Uh, they're saying, bro, There's who do you think they said? They said I, I, Igor, bro. I, they went with I, Igor. I would have thought they would have said Mark uh, Coleman, but for me, it was Fedor. If they say Igor Volvetskin, this game is fucking rigged. <laughs> yeah, Igor put this game together. Igor put this game together. <laughs> this is from Igor and his family. This is a new career. This is online trivia. Yeah, Igor Vovetskin. Dot com. Yeah, Igor Trivia dot com. Is that what they're saying? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> a 
imagine though. I wouldn't be surprised if it's funded or it's like a sponsor or something. Right. That's great. Who are they? Who are they? Who are they saying? Oh, they they said Igor was the, was the winner for that one. Give me a fucking break. Yeah, Igor's the winner. For that. <laughs> Which fighter holds the most King of Pancreas titles? King uh, of Pancreas. Yeah, uh, Tatsui, Yuki Kondo, Nate Marquardt, Boss Rutin, or Semi Shilt. Oh man, I was gonna say Nate Marquardt if it was open ended. So, gosh, Semi Shilt has bunched for yeah. I'm gonna stick with the uh, Nate Mark, our final answer. It's yeah, that's what I'm sticking with. Uh, they're going with Tatsui Ino. Yeah, I did not know that one. So yeah, if whoever they say, I'm. Hey, Madonna me. Hey, Madonna me. Let's try to get him back on here. One second, guys. Don't you love it? Don't you just love it? Try to get Rhino back up in here. Some of these are are absolutely crazy because I do not agree with a lot of these uh, answers in here. Let's get our boy back up in here. Bellator going down tonight. Also UFC, which no one's even talking about. Chris Cyborg making her debut over at Bellator. A little strange if you ask me. Why would you not be promoting the hell out of Chris Cyborg's first fight over there? Especially against Julie Bud. Come on. Julie Bud gets no love either. We're calling Rhino back. What's up, Rhino? I turned the video on so you, you can be able to see me now. Can you can you see me? Can you see me or no? Yeah, I can see you fine. Can you see me? Not yet, but I'm sure it will kick back in over here. Let's see. Yeah, this, this game's rigged. I was just telling everybody. I agree with all of the answers that you put in here, but uh, they're not having it, bro. They're just not having it. I think we also got cut off because Igor Bobetskin heard us talking shit. We exposed him. <laughs> yeah. So he's the one who interrupted our phone call and cut us off. That's exactly what happened here. But, <laughs> but really quick, I got to ask you this. If you could, uh, you know, say one event of all time for a new MMA fan to go out there and check out uh, Fight Pass or something, what, what would be one of the uh, one of your favorites? Uh, tough season one finale. Uh, I mean, everything about that was what solidified me as a super fan, not just a fan, because we already talked about like the origin story where we, you and I both had a similar one where we were pro wrestling fans and we turned into MMA fans. But the, the season of tough one, the finale, the the, the Griffin Bonner fight to me oh, man. would solidify that for anybody to be like, oh my God, I can't believe this is a real thing. That would be what I would that'd be the first fight I would show any of somebody who was like, I keep hearing about this MMA, what's it like? I show them that one. That is my that is probably my A number one favorite fight. You know, Rory and Robbie too oh, was yeah. fucking unbelievable, you know what I mean, or whatever. But yeah, there's a lot of great fights, but that yeah, tough one finale would be the one I would show them first. All right. I gotta agree with you on that one as well. 
because uh, I remember going into school and everyone was talking about it. That first season of Ultimate Fighter. Just everyone tuned into that. Not only was the fight so great, but like the fact that he gave them both contracts. That was crazy. The place popped like no place I'd ever heard before. You know, it wasn't a mega arena. It was a theater. So it felt much more intimate. You know what I mean? And yeah, that was definitely, that was definitely, dude, that was my favorite card at the time and probably one of the best ever. What Next question. We got a couple more here. UFC shows with the most pay-per-view buys ever as of January 2013. So go back. We got yeah. UFC 66, Liddell versus Ortiz 2. Real big fight. Uh, UFC 94, GSP versus BJ Penn 2. UFC 100, Lesnar versus Mir 2. Or UFC 116, Lesnar versus Shane Carwin. We're talking about, you said, what's the most pay-per-view buys for all of those? Yeah, it as be, of January be, I, I 2013. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would go with uh, I would go with Lesnar Mir too. 100% agree with you. That's got to be it. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Did yeah. you watch that pay per view at the time? Thousand percent, yes, dude. Talk all your bullshit now. Freaking <laughs> yeah. a horseshoe up his ass! I pulled that son of a bitch out and I beat him over the head with it. So epic, yeah. man! So epic. Uh, ever, if you ever watch that close, Frank Mir's dad is in the shot when he's up against the fence, pounding on him, and he's yelling, "You got nothing, Brock! You got nothing, Brock!" And then as soon as Brock hits him with another shot, he's like, "Stop the fight!" <laughs> <laughs> All the same breath, dude. It's amazing. Oh my god! Because that first fight was pretty crazy. Because Brock, he wasn't doing that bad, and then he get caught in that uh, submission. Right, the knee bar. All right, next question. BJ Penn beat Takanori Gomi by a rear naked choke in the third round in which main event? Pride, UFC, Rumble on the Rock, or K1? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would lean towards Rumble on the Rock, so I'm going to stick with that, Rumble on the Rock. That's the Hawaii promotion. Right, we clicked it, and it's saying K1. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that one. Or so no, wait. I'm okay. It's not saying K1. Uh, we got to submit our answers at the end. So we'll find out. We'll find <laughs> out. George Rush St. Pierre. Oh, no, you answered that one. Oh, I think you said Matt Sarah. All right. Mikro Krokop suffered his first MMA knockout loss in which match? The final conflict absolute against baby-faced assassin Josh Barnett. His 2004 fight with Kevin Randleman, his 2007 UFC bout with Gabriel Gonzaga, or 2005 super fight with Pride heavyweight champion Fedor Emelianenko? I'm going to say, and I don't know this for sure, but I'm going to say the high kick knockout he suffered to Gabriel Gonzaga. Another epic one. Crow cop and crow cop. <laughs> and his fucking leg just... Uh, Big shocker there, too. Who would have ever thought Gabriel? Gabriel's a nice guy, too. He has a gym, uh, G-squared. Great guy. He's doing submission fights now. Oh, he was just in the bare knuckle as well. Yeah. So he's not part of Team Link anymore? He said his gym is now called G-something? Uh, he, he trains over at G-squared. Um, but Team Link is another huge gym over here in this area as well. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, it, was, it, it was Ludlow, Massachusetts, where he used to train out of where Team Link was. But yeah, I hadn't. I didn't know if he'd move at some point or not. Yeah, I know a lot of guys over at Team Link. Uh, 
Tons of guys over at Cage Titans fight for them as well, and CES. Vitor Belfort is from where? Brazil, USA, France, or Canada? Brazil, final answer. <laughs> All these fighters, Matt Hughes, Sean Church, GSP, and BJ Penn, have fought each other. True or false? You said Matt Hughes, GSP, BJ Penn, and who was the other Sean one? Sean Church. Um, that's true. Yeah, yep, I go true, true on that one. What is Fedor's nickname? The, the last, last emperor, emperor, the the fierce Enchu. The last emperor. The last <laughs> <Thank> emperor. <laughs> Too easy. Uh, this one. Kevin Randleman, Guy Metzger, Babalu, Overeem, and Vernon White all have what in common? They have all been knocked out by the Iceman Chuck Liddell. They all train at Hammer House. They all fought in the 2007 Pride Openweight Grand Prix, or they have all lost to Fedor via armbar. That was Babalu, Vernon Tiger White, Alistair Overeem, and then who else? Guy Metzger. Yeah, they've all been knocked out by Chuck Liddell. Bada boom. Bada boom. See, that was a tougher one for our listeners out there. Yeah, I'm, not bad. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. Uh, which one of these facts about MMA legend Vandalay Silva are actually true? He earned his nickname from a town rumor about a murder. He lost a split decision to super heavyweight Mark Hunt. He knocked out Keith Sardine early in the second round, or he was knocked out by Chuck Liddell. Which one of these are facts? Which one of them are facts? Yeah. Um, I thought Mark Hunt stopped him, so I don't know if that's true or not. I have no idea about how he got the Axeburger nickname, if that was from a... Uh, Actual rumor. I, <laughs> uh, I have no idea. So brutal. Um, what were the last two? Um, lost split decision to Mark Hunt, knocked out Keith Jardine early in the second round, or he was knocked out by Chuck Liddell. Uh, Chuck Liddell did not knock him out. They went through decision, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I know he he lost to, to Keith Jardine, and then. Yeah, I, I think I thought Mark Hunt stopped him. So I'm going to say, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know, man. We're going with the Mark Hunt one. All right. Diago Pitbull Alves knocked out Matt Hugh in the second round in their first ever UFC meeting, cementing Alves as a top contender. Sure or false? He beat him in the second round? And he just got signed to uh, BKFC this week. I saw that uh, because remember he had to take a long hiatus because he had a bad CAT scan at one point. Uh, they, they thought, I don't know if it was bleeding on the brain or what it was, but we thought his career was over. And then, yeah, he had a little bit of resurgence. Um, he was at UFC 100, right? Wasn't he on that card? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they're asking, did he stop Matt Hughes in the second round? Yeah, in their uh, first ever UFC meeting. Yeah, I'll, I'll just sure. I know I beat him, but I don't. I don't remember the rounds. So I'll say yes. All right, last question. Kazushi, the Gracie Hunter, Sakuraba, our boy, had yeah. his first UFC win against who? Marcus Silveria, Vitor Belfort, Guy Metzger, or BJ Penn? Jeez, take away BJ Penn. Definitely wasn't him. Um, I don't know the first name that you said. Marcus so Silveria. Uh, I'll go with that one. I'll go with A because I don't know. 
let's see, submit my answers. And all the answers were Igor Vakpushin. Igor Alexander Bovetskin, all fucking funny questions. All right, so you I got the. This this quiz brought to you by his upcoming documentary. <laughs> <laughs> the biography of Igor so let's start from the bottom and work our way up here. Um, the last one you got right, uh, Gracie Hunter Sakuraba beat <laughs> Marcus Silvera at UFC Japan via armbar in the first round. Uh, the Pitbull one was true. He knocked out Matt Hughes in the second round in their first UFC meeting. Two for two. Vanderlei Silva, you got that one correct. Vanderlei Silva lost his 2004 war with Mark Hunt via decision. Although with the weight difference, was it really a loss? <laughs> yes. Uh, Kevin Randleman, Guy Metzger, Babalu, Alistair Overeem, and Vernon White. That one was correct as well. K.O.R.'s Chuck Liddell knocked out all of these men and many more, including Tito Ortiz, Randy Couture, uh, Jeremy Horn, Steve Hef, and Paul Jones. Was Fedor's Millionenko's nickname Last Emperor? You got that one wrong. <laughs> all these fighters, Matt Hughes, Sean Shirt, George St. Pierre, and BJ Penn have fought each other. That was true. You got that one correct. Uh, Vitor, the Phenom Belfort. That one was true from Brazil. BJ Penn beat Takanori Gomi by rear naked choke in the third round in which main event? You guessed Rumble on the Rock? That was true. You are the father. <laughs> now, for people out there listening, they don't realize that BJ Penn went against the grain with the UFC. He wanted to fight other promotions while he was fighting with the UFC, and Dana was not a happy man about that. Right. A matter of fact, I believe they were on a plane. Uh, after BJ had a fight, going to fight overseas somewhere, and he had to come back because uh, he he was threatened that he was going to get fired or something from the UFC if he did it. Because you know my he's homie, putting. Uh, my homie fought Andre Arlovski. My homie Ray Lopez fought Andre Arlovski at Rumble on the Rock in Hawaii a few years back. Uh, it was like one of the first fights, like before the resurgence of Andre Arlovski. So shout out to Rumble on the Rock. Shout out to my boy Ray Lopez. Why wait? Rumble? What what year was that? Oh gosh, it's gotta be. I would love to go back and watch that. 2011, something like that. Some of the old school fights like that with some big names that you know we know nowadays is just uh, so much fun to sit back and watch uh, the replays. This, this would have been like so. Remember, Olovsky already had his first run in the UFC. Yeah, I went to, to strike, World to Series of Fighting. Losing. Yeah. Like right, like he, he like lost to Brad Rogers and all those guys. And then, uh, yeah, he went over to Rumble on the Rock and fought my homie Ray Lopez, and in a very tough fight, beat Ray Lopez, and that kind of was the uh, jumping off point to him kind of having the big resurgence. It, you know, Arlovsky, man, he's he's still even Shogun. I mean, these guys have been tough careers, but uh, Rumble Johnson kind of had a similar thing happen with them, with uh, you know Arlovsky and him kind of have the same storyline in a way where they got kicked out the UFC, came back. And uh, did big things up until recently. Um, the Miracle Crocop suffering his first MMA knockout loss in which match? You guessed Gabriel Gonzaga. Gabriel Gonzaga yeah. And the answer was 2004 versus Kevin Randleman. Uh, no, no, that's my first L on that one. 
punch to the jaw winning him an upset victory all right and the first one you got correct too uh gsp uh and the matt sarah one man you killed it on this one so you're gonna win a gift card you got to tell me where you want the gift card uh you want it a regular gift card apples uh gift card walmart gift card you tell me and uh we're also gonna be donating an extra five dollars to uh the donation of uh ray omoplata soup that he's holding on gofundme as well in your name yeah i want to oh that that was going to be in my name so yeah i'm going to put it i'm going to put that donation in your name so yeah, you have that and then is there a charity to help the Australian wildfires you guys can put that towards? You want to do that? Funding for that? Yeah. We can we yeah, can totally do that. We can totally do that and we'll put it in your name. Uh we're I'm trying to think. Because you gotta be so careful nowadays with you know the donation sites. You gotta make sure it's the real fire support or uh the real donation center. So if you right. find the link for that, send it to me because I think I saw one on facebook like right at the top they're doing it so uh we'll do that we'll take a screenshot and send it to you we're gonna have another competition next week as well we're not gonna be doing trivia i have something really special planned something really fun and interactive as well with a whole bunch of visual effects i've been trying to get going but my computer is uh about to get smashed i swear to god <laughs> so uh rhino before we let you go man i gotta ask you this uh bellator tonight cyborg Julia Bud, do you see any promotion for it at all? Because I've seen none. No, no, except for on Twitter. Uh, I saw some on Twitter, but no, I did not see any commercials. Here's the problem, dude. We talked about this with Juice. We talked about it with you. Um, if Bellator could just get their shit together, just put it on Paramount, make it a Paramount exclusive fucking thing where they would do their own version of countdown specials, their own way of all the things that the UFC does. Just on Paramount, I guarantee you their numbers would fucking skyrocket from where they are now. Well, so, no, I did not see any promotion of any kind outside of Twitter. Think about if you did your show one day on iTunes, next day on Podbean, next week on Spotify. It wouldn't work. People and one day on Sunday, and one day on Wednesday morning, and yeah. then one day on fucking Thursday night. It wouldn't work at all. It's, it's just ridiculous. And then, then you have people on Twitter, because it wasn't live, telling you what happened on the show. Now they lose their interest. So, for sure, they're, they're a shit show over there. The problem is they've got a lot of talented people over there. Yeah. And the best UFC we can see is a UFC being pushed. I don't want to refer to pro wrestling all the time, but we all know that the WWE got better when they had the WCW pushing them to be better. Right. The UFC is a better place with some competition. And Bellator has a lot of great, talented guys, some named guys and gals, and they can put on some great fights. But nobody knows when to fucking watch, where to watch, yada, yada. It doesn't fucking matter. Exactly. Uh, also, I want to know if you're interested in doing or being a part of one of the episodes we're setting up for MMA Conspiracies. Um, it's, it's a series we're doing at PureEvilMMA.com where there's a ton of MMA conspiracies out there that we're going to dive into on like a, a 10-minute produced breakdown i'm gonna actually pre-record it and produce it myself and i got a whole bunch of topics if you'd be interested in uh you know calling in one day and going over yeah yeah so, i'm 100 in dude all the all of these ideas you've thrown out by the way i'm i'm 100 for i'm 100 in on they're all really uh interesting 
Still waiting for my Apple MacBook to get here. It's going to solve all these computer issues I got over here. I, I swear to God, I'm going to live stream me smashing my laptop, man. <laughs> well, the good news is, is because I have to do this in my car when we Skype into each other or whatever because it's just too noisy in the house. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, and it's not that cold in Michigan right now, shockingly enough. It's only it's like 35 degrees right now, which for this time of year is fairly warm, so it hasn't been too bad. Rhino, you know what we like to do at this point in the show. We hand the imaginary microphone over to you if you have any shout-outs, uh, social media tags, and what you got planned this week for your show. The floor is now all yours. Yeah, definitely, dude. Actually, uh, tomorrow will be the first Sunday where we don't have a new episode. My phenomenal, wonderful, amazing uh, engineer, Dave, is actually out of town on vacation. So we are taking a one-week one break, but... We at least have the Evil Eddie, Pure Evil MMA show to, uh, to put out there. So we'll have some Rhino content. Uh, you can find our show, our first seven episodes, including last week's phenomenal fucking interview with the, the, the incredible Serena De Jesus on iPod, iPods, on iPods. You can find it on <laughs> Apple Podcasts. You can find it on iTunes. You can find it on Spotify, uh, Anchor FM. We're on all the platforms. You can look us up on our uh, Twitter page with Calm sports with rhino uh and again the show is called combat sports with rhino we're on all the platforms we love questions you guys send in i love being as interactive as possible so once again no show tomorrow for the first time but we will be back the following week i have a great interview lined up with a very notable high level mma fighter i think we'll be stoked to hear about so yeah that's uh we hope you guys join us man we love you guys who's setting up that beat so we'll actually have the uh, link down below. And you just brought up Serena. Wonderful girl, super nice, and has overcome a lot. She's a real true inspiration. You guys should definitely go check out that interview. I'm going to go listen to it right now, matter of fact. So if you guys want to check it out, I'll have the link down below here on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify. You can find all the links at PureEvilMMA.com. Rhino, enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the fights, and we'll talk to you soon. Congratulations on winning. You got it, my brother. Thanks so much. Uh, God bless. Hey, peace. You too. All right, guys, that does it for this episode of Pure Evil MMA. We are coming back at you tomorrow with a complete breakdown of all the latest MMA news. And we got something very special planned for this week. As you just heard, talking about little conspiracy theories. We're doing the series. And I was talking about it. And then MMA On Point came, swooped the rug right out from underneath my feet. Me and the staff were just in shock about it. But we love what they do over at MMA On Point. Did it justice, but we had to wait a little while. We can't release something right when another site does. So uh, we got something really special planned and some really interesting MMA conspiracies, Shane Dawson style. So it's going to go deep and uh, put a lot of effort into researching a lot of these topics. If you guys have an MMA conspiracy of your own that you want to tell us about, let us know on Twitter at PureEvilMMA underscore and also my personal Twitter, at evil-echo, that's E-V-I-L underscore E-C-C-O. We just released Rhino and Juice's finale show. You can check that out, pureevilmma.com. I just published that, and that does it for Pure Evil MMA. I'm Evil Eddie, pureevilmma.com. Remember, without evil, there's no purity. Why not this till the end? Pay yourselves.